Hi, Hi sunshine. sunshine. I'm Jazz. And I'm Jen. Hi, guys. So, just like we said, we are back with a full story for you guys um, by Jen. Hey, guys. Yep. So, I've got a story today about a body in an unlikely place. And uh, we love that. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, we are in 1999, and the Cohen family in Jericho, New York, was moving, and they were trying to move all of their stuff, and they they knew that there was a steel drum hidden in this crawl space, but they didn't really think too much of it, which, I mean, I feel like us, and be like, what's in maybe there? anyone <laughs> listening would be wanting to know what's in there. But they didn't take too much notice in it. It's this huge drum, and they probably just, you know, it, it's very so difficult to open. So I'm picturing like um, a big, like round thing, but it's like closed off on both ends type of situation. Yep, that is correct. Okay. So really big and really heavy. And so they. Um, they were trying to get it out, right? They needed to empty out the whole house. And so Mr. Cohen noticed that uh, the people who were supposed to pick it up didn't. It was too heavy, shocker. Uh, So he became curious. He'd been living there for nine years and he wasn't sure what, what was in there. And actually, it was kind of hidden away. So now that I think about it, I'm not sure if they knew about it the whole time, but it'd been there and obviously they found it. So he opened it. He opened that drum. Oh no. Yeah. And what hit him at first was the smell. Like it was just this awful smell. And then he looked down and he sees this human hand. Oh. Yep. So immediately he contacted authorities, like any rational human. So the drum was taken to the morgue to be examined, and there was a body. It was a young woman who was now mummified, so it had been there for quite a while. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So the death appeared to be by some uh, blunt force trauma, and the woman was roughly around 20 to 30 years old at the time of her death and she was white or Hispanic and stood at five feet tall. And something interesting that they found unusual was her dental work. It didn't look like something that was done here in the US. So they were thinking it was most likely done in South America. So I'm assuming it's Mm. something that was common, that was a common practice over there. That makes sense. Can I just say, like, isn't it so fascinating how, like, an ME can determine, like, the cause of death and the, like, rough age of a, like, of the person and that it was a woman, although from, like, an anthro class I took, I know that they talk about, like, your pelvic bone, like, that is, like, you know how you know if it's a man or woman, Mm -hmm. but, like, they're able to tell all this, like, information and that's, like, off of a mummified body, like, that's just crazy to me. I know. It, it is. It really is. And I, actually, thinking back to probably an anthro class that I took, I remember that um, pelvic thing, too. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's nuts how they're able to find out all this information, especially like the dental 
records like you can get a lot from dental records i think i've heard that before too where it's like um like different regions have different different dental practices yeah so they're able to tell a lot and like even just here like people here they use like dental records to like confirm identities and that's crazy i know nuts i wonder if that changes like when you get braces and stuff like, you know, because mm. I have, like, my dental records from, like, when I was a kid, but they're way different than they are now. Yeah, I wonder how they do that. Like, what type of database they would go off of, you know, mm. because I'm sure there's, like, your hi- dental history. And I wonder if that's how they use it. Yeah, like, that's what I want to know. Is there, like, yeah. a database where they put everything into? Because also, I've been to different dental offices. Mm-hmm. You know, speaking for myself, if I get murdered. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's something that would be good to research, actually. Yeah, we should look into it. Yeah. <laughs> so, there were personal belongings in that drum with her, and um, they were kind of at the bottom of it, but it was covered in this, like, brown slime stuff. So, it was kind of strange because they weren't sure what that was at first. I'm going old school with my paper notes. <laughs> Uh, what they didn't expect to find was a fetus. Ooh. Yeah. So there was um, kind of switching back to the belongings. They kind of got the brown sludge off of there and they realized there was an address book. So this was an interesting like personal belonging because obviously it had phone numbers. And so they tried calling people but it had been so long that people either moved or whatever happened they weren't you know they didn't get anyone or so they thought but we'll hold on to that (laughs) um so yeah so it was um heavily encrusted in that brown slime so it had to go through this sophisticated forensic process that allowed the investigators to kind of uh read what was on there And I got this, I found this off an episode of Forensic Files. And so a big part of the episode was that, like them going through the process of kind of decoding what was in there and the whole process of like getting the slime off. And yeah, it was really interesting. Real messy work. Yeah. And all these machines that they had to use for that. I guess stuff that I've never thought of before, but things that you really need to get to find this evidence sometimes. Um, Yeah, so they didn't have any leads, and so they decided to go check who lived at that house before. So the man's name was Howard Elkins, and he was currently retired in uh, Boca Raton. Uh, I said that funny. How do you say that? How do you spell it? Oh, Boca Raton. Boca Raton. <laughs> As if you don't speak Spanish. I know. I feel like I've heard people say, like, Boca Raton. But I feel like in Spanish... Yeah, it'd be like Boca Raton. Yeah. Boca Raton, Florida. All right. We'll stick to that. <laughs> um, but doing some background on him, they found that something... Doing some background on him, they found something that put up some red flags so Elkins that man who lived there 
worked at this factory. He was actually part owner of this plastic company. And guess what was in that drum? Plastic? <laughs> yes. So, I was going to say, like, at this factory, did he have access to steel drums? Because <laughs> if so, it's not looking good. I mean, possibly. I didn't say anything about that, but that is a big possibility. So, there were these, um, the whole drum was filled up with plastic pellets and leaves, and that's actually why it was so heavy. Um, yeah. So, looking very suspicious for this Elkins person. Um, and actually, from the phone book, they didn't think they got anything, but it's hard to tell if a friend comes forward because they found her phone number in the phone book or because this story came out and um, this friend just recognized, you know, Elkins and... The and, house yes, whatever. Yeah. So a friend comes forward and she tells about this woman named Raina and how they were working together. They were friends from the factory, from that plastics factory. Her and Raina mm -hmm. or Elkins and Raina? Yeah, this this friend Got and Raina. So they worked together there at a plastics factory. Presumably that same. Got it. Yep. And so Raina told her she was seeing this man and she was pregnant with his baby. Oh, so Raina didn't mention this, uh, didn't mention who the man was, but she did say that he was married and had a whole family, but he was going to leave her soon. <laughs> what they all can, say. Can you, can you tell everybody what you just did? <laughs> oh, I did these little air quotes, like the typical, I'm going to leave my wife soon. With, with, uh, what, my, my <laughs> eye roll. <laughs> My infamous eye roll. So, after it became very clear that he had no intention of leaving her, so, I mean, Raina was sensing this, so she actually reached out to Elkin's wife. Oh. Yep. And so it was kind of in this moment of desperation where she was thinking, you know, I'm having this baby, I don't know what I'm going to do. So she calls up the wife, and she tells him, you know, I have been seeing your husband and we're having a baby and so he calls Raina and he's beyond angry and he says and I quote I can't believe you did this I'm going to kill you and I mean he must have sounded serious because Raina called her friend, and she was scared. So she told her friend this. The friend that came forward. Yes. And that was it for a while. So nothing really happened. But come the next shift, so I guess maybe that was their Friday when mm -hmm. she had told her. Um, the next shift, they're supposed to work together at the plastics factory. Her friend notices that Raina isn't there. And so she starts thinking, worst case scenario, because of course she gives you this terrible news. She's like, somebody threatened my life, and then she doesn't show up. Sketchy. Yeah. And so she calls the police, and they say she's probably out shopping. <laughs> okay. We should make a little, um, <sighs> like, compilation of these really crappy police responses. I get so upset about I know. them. 
yeah, they essentially dismissed her on this very serious claim, like her friend's not there and her life was threatened. Um, which is like the audacity, like out of all things, like, yeah, she's probably just shopping. Like, why would she be, why would she be at her job when she could be out <laughs> shopping? Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, it's really like the serious thing, but we have to laugh about it because it's so ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. So an anonymous caller from a neighbor, uh, tells about the affair. So Again, I believe this is in the future when they found the body. So they are probably trying to get people to come forward with evidence. And so it leads back to Elkins again, which is a person that they're already looking at. So Elkins, mm -hmm. who is now retired, he's 70 years old, um, is being questioned. So he says, yes, we had this affair. But he didn't even remember her. She w it wasn't even a serious thing. So, could have been anyone, really. And he definitely <sighs> didn't kill anybody. He's just going around getting random women pregnant. Yeah. Like, no big deal. Yep, basically. And so, the police bring up evidence. And his response is to go to Target, buy a gun and some ammo, and kill himself. Oh, they sell, they sell that at Target? I was thinking that too. Yeah. Apparently they do. But sounds, sounds very suspicious. Yeah. So at this point, it's kind of looking very much like it... I feel like I've heard this before. Oh, really? I think so. Did you watch that episode? I don't think I've... I don't really watch Forensic Files, but I feel like I may have heard it on another pod... Oh, interesting. You just sound so familiar. I mean, I'm I'm sure there are a lot of... Yeah. It's just that now I think I know what happens, but it's okay. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, hopefully whoever's listening has not heard it. Um, but yeah, so the police had this theory that Elkins had uh, planned to put her body in that barrel. And, you know, he planned to weigh down with all those pellets and all those things. But being the intellectual that he was, didn't think it through and didn't realize how heavy it would be. It was like 300 pounds. Jeez. Yeah, so he couldn't carry it. So they thought um, his plan was kind of, you know, put her body in there and then have it weigh it down so that it sinks in the ocean, mm -hmm. but he couldn't carry it. So it stayed in the house. So it stayed there in that crawl space for 30 years. And yeah, I mean, it's a really sad story, but at least they found the identity of the woman in the barrel. So did she have any family or anything? Like were people looking for her? Yeah, so that's a good question. So um, her full name is Reina Angelica Marroquin. And she actually had family in Mexico. So um, there was this reporter, Oscar Corral, and he flew to El Salvador. I'm sorry. I said Mexico, didn't <laughs> I? <laughs> I'm thinking, you know, Hispanic. Sorry. Um, so he flew to El Salvador <laughs> and he traced down Reina's 95-year-old mother. Oh, and she was shocked and heartbroken. And I think for her, it was kind of this like 
weight lifted off to mm-hmm. know what finally happened because I think this happens a lot for people who have missing relatives it's it's almost or or missing loved one you know yeah it's almost sometimes worse not to know because there's no closure there and it could be it could be anything and especially I feel like as a parent parents I don't know maybe I'm wrong but I feel like parents usually will like hold on to hope that like well maybe they'll turn up one day of course and so that's terrible like I can't imagine going that many years and not knowing yeah yeah so what's really weird about it is that she was saying that she had these dreams so it wasn't just one it was like this recurring dream of Raina in a barrel hmm. yeah which is just like mother's intuition yeah but yeah so that was the story of Raina Marroquin and how unfortunately justice wasn't served really yeah. but so maybe I'm wrong because or maybe I'm just like over here with my extremely overactive imagination because <laughs> I was thinking like he killed himself, right? Yeah. Because he wanted to be the like the one blamed for the murder, but really his wife murdered her and then he took the fall for it by killing himself. Oh. <laughs> Interesting. Well, that's a theory. I mean, I feel like at that point, the the police kind of thought, okay, well, he like, killed himself. Obviously, he's guilty. But it could closed. be a scorned woman. She's like, how dare she call me up and tell me she's having an affair with my husband. Yeah. Murders her. And then the husband's like, what have you done? We have to clean this up now. And then he tries to clean it up for her. Yeah. And that's it. That's interesting. I like that theory. (laughs) Got like this overactive. I'm like, oh, I know the story. I know exactly what happens. (laughs) (sighs) Um, But yeah, it isn't as wild of a ride as that. But it is definitely crazy. Um, But yeah. I think that these types of stories are just so interesting Because you said it had been, like, 30 years, right? So at that point, like, I'm certain whoever killed her thought that they had gotten away with it. And, you know, I just, I don't know, I love these moments when things come full circle. Because it's like, oh, you thought you got away with it? Like, think again. Golden State. Yeah. 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 I love that, too. I think those are, like, kind of my favorite. Because Mm -hmm. it's, like, you think you're not going to get answers. And then, and then you do. Yeah, and I think especially now with all of the advanced technology that we mm-hmm. have, and I think it is also kind of a warning to anyone who is kind of in that state of mind, like, I want to hurt somebody, well, think twice, because you're going to get caught. Yeah. Yeah. Which kind of makes, like, the people who don't get caught, like, just... Like, just it's just really crazy. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. For those people who don't get caught, well, there's always a chance that they will get caught in the future like this one. (laughs) That's true. Yeah. That was a good one. I feel like I should watch that episode. Yeah. Forensic Files. I don't know the name at the top of my head, but I will put it in the show notes. 
Yeah. I feel like Forensic Files is one of those shows that I would, like, really enjoy, but it puts me to sleep. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm like, oh, this is, this is so fascinating. And it's, like, probably the only thing that, like, can put me to sleep within, like, five <laughs> minutes. Like, I cannot, for the life of me, go to sleep quickly, but, you know, put on some forensic files and, like, I'm out. That's really funny. Kind of like my is. mom. She goes to sleep to, to Dateline. Date <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hilarious. I'm like, this does not sound good. <laughs> <laughs> but, Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's the story. Do you have any recs? I don't. I haven't been watching anything. I watched season finale of SVU, which you need to get on. Oh, yeah. pretty good. I have not. And then I watched the season finale of Big Sky. I have not either. Which is also really good. Um, and I think that's it. Also, there's going to be the season finale of This Is Us, but that's not, like, crime-related. That's, that's not my, crime-related. That's my that's, sap show. That's okay. That's all right. I'm sure you guys also need time for non-crime stuff, so there we I go. Know. If you want to feel some feelings, watch This Is Us. Too many feelings. <laughs> I know. The first, like, few seasons, I cried so much, and then the last, like, two, maybe, I was like, okay, this is cool. I was, like, feeling more happy than sad. And then this last <laughs> season, I'm over here, like, watching it during my lunch break at work, and I'm in, like, full, in, full oh, on tears. I'm just like, why is this so sad? Yeah, the first few seasons I watched, and it was rough. I mm-hmm. was crying every episode, so I just needed a break. <laughs> I used to watch it, like, curled up in bed, like, just bawling. I'd have, like, tissues with yeah. me those first few seasons. I'd be like, that was a good cry. Like, time to get some sleep. Yeah, but yeah, guys, go watch this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Do you have any show recs? So I've been watching Candy, which I think I told you about. It, yeah. It's really good. I'm not done yet. I'm in the middle of it, but it is a wild ride. It looks really good. I'm waiting for your mom to finish it so that I can start watching it. Oh, yeah. She watches it on your account. Yeah, and I don't (laughs) want to mess her up, so. That's nice of you. Uh, But, yeah, it's it's good. I think you'll enjoy it. I think anybody who's really into true crime will like it. It looks really good. Yeah. Um, So I'm excited for that. Yeah. I don't think I'm giving anything away by saying that. The person who's committing a crime is very, is a very unlikely person to be committing a crime. So that's oh. kind of what makes it so interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Do we have anything else? We don't. I guess it's been a while. So if you guys aren't following us on Instagram, check us out um, at Tequila Lime Crime. Yep. Get on that, guys. And. You can leave us a review on iTunes and rating. Yeah. Like, if you don't want to go on there and say nice things, then I just feel like you could at least leave us a rating. <laughs> yeah. So, the the stars button is super easy. It takes, like, less than a minute. You just click on the stars that you want to leave it, and that's it. You I think that's need- on Apple Podcasts. Like, if you're listening to it, you yes. just go to the show page and, like, scroll to the bottom. And yeah. you know what? I think I heard that Spotify has ratings now, too. Oh, I didn't know that. So it didn't so before. There we go. 
And then we're we're also on like a lot of other things mm-hmm. like Amazon, Amazon we're, Music is we're it? Kind of everywhere, we're on yeah. Stitcher, we're on Google Podcasts. We're on a lot of things and I don't know if all of those have ratings. But if they do, go ahead and leave us one. We would really appreciate it. But yeah, thanks for coming back, guys. I know we've been gone for a while, <laughs> but we missed you and we missed telling stories. So yeah, hope you enjoyed this one, and the next one will be Jazz. We're not going to make any promises on dates, yeah. but <laughs> we're just, we'll be back. We're just going to keep this kind of relaxed. <laughs> yeah, honestly, we were just kind of stressing ourselves out about it, so... Yeah. We'll be back. Yeah, we'll be back. Hopefully soon. <laughs> like, yeah, are we reassuring them, or are we reassuring ourselves? Ourselves mostly, <laughs> you guys as well. <laughs> okay, bye. Okay, bye, guys. Bye.